Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Last year I recorded a Valentine's Day episode. That didn't happen this year, mostly because of the release of Willy's Wonderland. It just released last week. It was right before Valentine's Day. I wanted to make sure to get that one out. Of course, that meant that anything that had to do with Valentine's Day was going to be put on hold. Well, not in my personal life, but my recording. I didn't really have one movie that I wanted to actually do for Valentine's Day, so I was looking around. I was checking all of my streaming services. Shudder came to the rescue. Of course, Shudder is the streaming network by AMC. No, I'm not getting paid by them. It's not a sponsorship or anything, but if you like horror movies, I really recommend checking them out. It's only, I don't know, six or seven bucks a month, something like that, and the library that they have is pretty extensive. They also have a lot of exclusives. One of the things that I really like is The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, as well as the Creepshow TV show. I think they're a lot of fun. Thanks to Shudder for actually having that stuff on there. Some of their other exclusives, such as the movie Host, was a lot of fun. This one here is their most recent one. I had no expectations going into it. All I read was that it was a romantic horror movie, which was perfect. Exactly what I was looking for. Before I get too far into anything, I think I should announce the movie. This is the 2019 Shudder exclusive, After Midnight. Shudder actually did a great job on the synopsis for this one, so I'm going to take it from them. Ten years into his small-town storybook romance with Abby, Hank suddenly wakes up to an empty home. With nothing but a cryptic note to explain why she left, Hank's charmed life begins to fall apart. To make matters worse, Abby's disappearance seems to trigger the arrival of a ferocious creature that crawls out of the old grove on the edge of his property. So that's actually Shudder's synopsis of the film. Me personally, I think this is kind of a remake of the classic TV show Green Acres. But instead of a cute pig named Arnold, we have some kind of weird looking creature out there that's kind of taunting a guy. I'll get into why I think it's kind of a remake of Green Acres in a little bit. Maybe it's a stretch, maybe it isn't. I'll leave it to you to decide. One of the things that intrigued me about After Midnight was the fact that two of the producers of this one, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, made some pretty interesting films. They made the movie Resolution, as well as the movie The Endless. Those two movies are sibling films that are very entertaining in their own right. In between those two movies, they did a movie called Spring. Spring was sort of a weird love story in its own right. It's a movie that I didn't really 100% enjoy. I wanted to, but I couldn't really get into it. After watching Resolution and The Endless, it makes me kind of want to go back and revisit Spring. I don't know if I'll come away enjoying it or maybe even enjoying it less than my initial viewing. It's an interesting film. It sort of goes along the same lines as After Midnight here, So their involvement had me interested to see what kind of movie this would be. It should come to the surprise of no one that the movie The Endless, Resolution, as well as Spring are low-budget but very well-made films. After Midnight is no exception. 
it's a low budget film and you will get that feeling that it is a low budget independent film from the first few minutes of the movie it is however well made that's the important thing it's a low budget independent film but it's well made much like benson and moorhead's previous efforts of course they didn't direct this one this is a movie that had two co-directors on it it was directed by Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella. I have not seen any of their other films that they made. I am aware of the one called The Battery, which I don't know if it's a movie I would enjoy or not. Based off of this movie, it makes me want to kind of check out their other work. One of the big things it gives After Midnight its indie feel is the fact that it has a past and present style of storytelling as well as editing. It shows us the happier times as well as the darker times in main character Hank's life. It should be noted that the character of Hank is played by the scriptwriter and co-director of this one, Jeremy Gardner. When both the past and the present are shown to us, they really do feel genuine. I feel the love story aspect of this one is handled pretty well. It really does appear that Jeremy Gardner and Brea Grant, who plays Abby, it seems like the character of Hank and Abby really do have definite chemistry. These actors have chemistry. Both of them really do sell the part. It's a good thing they do as the whole movie hinges on us being able to relate to the bliss of being in love. Those sweet scenes blend nicely to how after having that bliss that love suddenly taken away, it kind of feels traumatic. The movie definitely has bits of horror with the creature showing up every night, assumingly after midnight. The movie really does seem to stress that this just started to happen now that the love of his life left him. The movie really does show us the creature early on, and at least according to Hank, it's real. It uses that for the horror, but what if the true horror is the loss of the ones that we love, that one love of our life left to reflect on the things that happen stuck with isolation mixed with questions i really do feel that the directors here really tried to stress that maybe that's worse than being pursued by this creature every night and in some ways maybe it is there's one thing that i really liked on this is the sense of style there's not a whole lot of style throughout the entire movie but there is one scene in particular that i thought was really well done that involved Hank running out in the darkness after the creature. It's shown to us in complete darkness. All we hear is sound. The only time we actually see anything is when he goes and uses his shotgun. So we get little quick glimpses of things. It's also a scene where an animal dies, so I don't appreciate that. You know me, I'm completely fine with people dying in the movie, but when animals go, I have issues with that. But either way, it was an awesome scene. It was really well done, and I can't deny that this movie is well made. Whether you don't like the movie, if you check this one out, you're going to come away saying, you know what, it was actually a well-directed film. Very impressive on a small-scale budget. If I have any real complaints on this, it's that the story's kind of disjointed. Of course, it's really by nature of how this one is done with the past, present, but it honestly drags a bit when Abby does come back to Hank, more towards the end of the movie. We get honest true talks, so I'm not exactly sure how it could have been handled any better. It's not bad, but it simply doesn't feel all that rewarding 
even if the dialogue does feel true to life in these makeup or breakup conversations. I'm sure we've all been there. The other issue I have is the character of Wade, who is played by Henry Zabrowski. He's meant to be funny or maybe the lovable drunk of the movie. He mostly fell flat to me. I didn't really care or enjoy his character. Looking him up on IMDb, he's from Florida. I'm not surprised. So here's the part where I think the movie more or less is a retelling of Green Acres. By the end of the movie, we find out that the big problem is that Hank and Abby are basically two different people. He's more of a country boy. She is a city person, a person that's very outgoing, wants to see the world. Hank just wants a simple life in his family home in a small backwoods town, and that's fine. But those two personalities wouldn't really get together, let alone be together for 10 years. So it really just reminded me of Green Acres a little bit, and it's just something stupid that came into my head when I was watching it. But it really did seem like that was kind of the same plot, but we had that creature running around, of course. The movie does go into some really sweet romantic comedy tropes by the end of it. Hank goes and sings a karaoke rendition of the Lisa Loeb classic, You Say, to her. It's very sweet and good-natured, I get it, but it feels way out there compared to the rest of the movie. It doesn't feel too far out as far as the way the movie is, but it just doesn't feel right. I think it's meant to be funny. It was humorous, sure, but I thought the movie was going to end on a super sweet note. It does have a little bit of a twist to it. I'm glad that we did get something that was unexpected because if it would have ended with the way it seemed like it was going to end, it wouldn't have been good. Thankfully, we did get an ending that was somewhat on the ridiculous side, but yet still seemed to fit. Looking at IMDb, it looks like people are bashing this one pretty hard. I think it was actually a pretty good movie. It has a fairly decent Rotten Tomato score at 88%. IMDb is showing in the fives somewhere on this one. I think it's better than that. If I was to rate it, I think I'd give it probably a seven maybe. It was a movie that's definitely not for everyone. However, again, it's well made. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can send me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you need to catch up on some past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. And if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to continue making new episodes and reach new listeners. Plus, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.